Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to Breaking Beauty, the podcast all about the breakthrough people, products, and moments in beauty. We're your hosts, Jill Dunn and Carlene Higgins. Welcome back to Breaking Beauty Podcast, fam. I'm Carlene Higgins, and I'm here with my work wife, my co-host, and my pal, Jill Dunn. Hello, Jill. Hey, Carlene, and hey, everyone listening. It's Wednesday, and we are two former beauty editors turned beauty podcasters. You probably knew that by now. And each week, we are covering the breakthrough people, products, and moments in beauty. And today, we are bringing you a founder episode in partnership with our friends at Droplet. Yes. Speaking of breakthroughs, Droplet really broke the mold when they launched their highly futuristic skincare device. It looks like a computer mouse, but it's incognito because it's actually a clinically validated skincare delivery system that magically transforms serums into a micro mist that allows formulas to penetrate 20 times further into your skin than any topical cream you can possibly slather on. Say what? <laughs> And that's why today we're really excited to chat with the two female MIT-trained scientists behind this mind-boggling innovation, and that's Madhavi Gavini and Rathi Srinivas. Madhavi is the founder and CEO at Droplet. She's a mathematician who, prior to founding and inventing Droplet, developed a drug that was granted the first FDA designation for pediatric heart disease since 1994. And more recently, one of the molecules she developed was used as an experimental therapeutic for COVID-related cardiac and pulmonary damage. Wow. Like, I bow down to this woman. Yeah, absolutely. We're just a couple of slouches over here. <laughs> and the company's co-founder and CTO, Rathi, is a chemical engineer by way of Columbia University with a PhD from MIT. Wow. Her work has been published in numerous peer-reviewed journals. And prior to creating Droplet, Rathi worked on drug stabilization and chemistry of pediatric cardiomyopathy drugs. So in today's episode, you're going to hear all about how these two STEM powerhouse female entrepreneurs came to launch this groundbreaking device that is making waves. You'll find out how it all got started in Madavi's kitchen. Carlene, really what makes Droplet so unique and why I was interested in the first place is just this delivery system. It's meant to sort of like get those ingredients to penetrate much deeper in the skin. And, you know, we get every question answered with these two amazing women today. You know, we ask them about how it works, why it works, what to do with the capsules afterwards, all the things. Yes. And I've been using Droplet's detox regimen myself for a few weeks. And what I love about it is that it basically is a skin cycling program, if you think about it, mm -hmm. that's ready made. Mm -hmm. You know, you you open the yes. box. It's a set of these capsules, kind of like the Nespresso pods. They're ready to go single yes. use. 
and they're color coded with different ingredients, once for day, once for night. So you just pop one of those in, you use a different one in the morning, then you use at night. And it's like, it's foolproof. I don't have to think about it. And I'm getting the perfect mix and timing of my collagen, my glycolic and my retinol. I also found that the retinol didn't sting, which typically does happen to my sensitive skin whenever I've tried to use retinol in the past. I get great results. I noticed the glycolic after just a couple of uses, my skin tone looks more even. So I've been really happy with it. Absolutely. I really like the epidermal growth factors. I just think that technology in general is so transformative Mm -hmm. for the skin. That ingredient in combo with this device, I think it's really powerful. Yeah. And stay tuned to the end to find out which other products that Droplets resident scientists believe are actually bunk. And you'll hear scoop on what amazing new development they're working on next. And if you are also fascinated by the droplet device and decide you want to try it for yourself, the brand has given us a promo code just for Breaking Beauty listeners. It's 20% off at droplet.io using code beauty. We'll link to this offer in our show notes and on our website under episode recap. It's D-R-O-P-L-E-T-T-E dot I-O code beauty for 20% off. Welcome, Madavi and Rathi. How do I ask my boss for a raise? I'm so jealous of my coworker's promotion. I just don't know what to do. Is there a good way to brag about my accomplishments? Careers are complicated, and there are so many hush-hush topics we're told we can't talk about. That's why you have the Career Contessa podcast. I'm your host, Lauren McGoodwin, and each week I'm joined by experts to help you overcome your workplace woes with actionable advice that you can use today. Subscribe to the Career Contessa podcast and make progress in your career every Tuesday. One thing I can say, so Jill and I, we have a podcast now, of course, but we worked in magazines. So we've been at this for about 20 years. And when Droplet came onto the scene, We honestly had just seen nothing like it. You know, devices were definitely popping. There was the iconic Clarisonic cleansing tool, new face microcurrent, all kinds of LED masks, but nothing like droplet that's really like needle-free driving these ingredients deep into your skin. So you came from this world working on this, these important, you know, technologies around COVID. How did the idea of droplet come about? So droplet came about in kind of a roundabout way. We had worked on designing therapeutics before this, and we had worked primarily on pediatric diseases. And mm-hmm. one year we were invited to basically to a conference on pediatric diseases. And the disease that the agency chose to highlight that year was a rare skin disease called epidermal lysis bullosa. It's also called butterfly skin syndrome. And in that particular disease, patients are missing a protein that connects their skin to the tissue below it. And that results in basically the patients having large unhealing wounds over their entire body. And in the really dystrophic versions, you have up to a 90% mortality rate. And it's just this absolutely heartbreaking disease. It's painful. It's in a pediatric population. And the thing that was so shocking, I think, to both of us coming from the drug design world is we exist in kind of a very narrow paradigm, which is you have a sick patient. We design a drug, we stabilize a drug, and then you give it to a clinician, they treat the patient and they're cured, right? Problem solved. And in this particular disease, and obviously there's a whole host of diseases like that, even if we have the perfect drug, we're not able to effectively treat those patients because 
there's no way to get that drug to its target point, which is really, it has to go into the skin cells. So today, and, and this was true a decade ago, we, we could create the gene that would cure that disease, right? It's a COL7A1 gene, and it's not challenging technologically to produce. It's the delivery that's the barrier to treatment. And so that's what got us really interested in drug, de- in drug delivery as a fundamental medical problem. And we really started Droplet as a passion project. Like we built the first versions with components off the internet, right? It was on our kitchen table at home. It was very much like your classic founder in a garage story, you know, and the idea was really around solving this transdermal drug delivery issue. And at Droplet, we still have an arm of the company that does work on that side. We have a partnership with Tufts Medical Center where we're doing work for non-healing or slow-healing diabetic wounds. Mm. It's DOD funded. You know, we've had collaborations with MIT, with HMS, and you know, we've been funded by quite a few government agencies to do purely medical work. But sort of in parallel, we realized that that same delivery problem applies to the consumer landscape as well, which is namely people, often women, are spending a lot of money on skincare products, mm-hmm. assuming that you're going to get a benefit from them. And it's exactly the same problem that you see in medicine. Anything that's over 500 Daltons is just not going to get into your skin. Right. That's really why we decided to cross-apply the technology there as well. Okay. So to be clear, you use a device very much like this in a medical setting and it successfully is driving those ingredients into those patients. That's right. That's unbelievable. Thank you. But it's actually preclinical right now. So it takes a while Hmm. to get FDA approval to move into a clinical setting coming from the drug development world. I could speak all day about it, but it's, it takes, it takes years. It's a very long and slow process and rightly so because it's people's health at risk. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of work that you do before that around building it, testing it, stabilizing it. And all that preclinical work is is currently being done. And a lot of it's actually been peer-reviewed and published. Amazing. Your website states that 90% of creams and serums sit on top of the skin, meaning that the active ingredients never usually penetrate beyond the surface barrier. So as scientists, what proof do you have that this is true? Well, the 90% candidly is an understatement. And this is, this is well-established in the dermatology literature, but your skin has a barrier called the stratum corneum and anything over 500 Daltons in molecular weight and a Dalton's just, it's just a unit of weight is unable to penetrate skin. And so for the vast majority of ingredients like hyaluronic acid or collagen, you're getting like none of it's going in. I mean, those are hundreds of thousands of Daltons. You do have small molecules that can penetrate primarily through diffusion, but even that's a pretty slow process. And, you know, the majority of it's going to get sweated away or wiped away. But obviously when you're trying to come up with a quick marketing line, you probably can't do a whole paragraph around it. So realistically for a lot of molecules and especially some of the more exciting ones today, it's, it's 0% of it gets in. And then, you know, for some small molecules, obviously it's a slightly higher percentage. Wow. And so this is where droplet comes in. And I think what's interesting having used it myself and, you know, we will have talked about this in the intro. It looks like a little computer mouse and you hold (laughs) it about half an inch to an inch away from your face. And it feels, it's almost like, it feels like a vapor, really. You don't feel much. And you might ask yourself, is this actually doing anything? Or is it kind of, you know, dissipating into the air? So it's almost imperceptible. How does it actually work? So it creates a, a like a really fine mist, like you said, of really small droplets. 
like I think someone once like used it and described it to us as a dry mist because they were like, wow, I don't really feel the residue on my skin after. Right. But really that you not feeling the residue on your skin after is the like that's the byproduct of the product actually getting inside your skin because it's actually getting beyond the stratum corneum deep into the skin. And the way it works is that um, the device is made up of two components. It's made up of a piece called the piezoelectric transducer, which is just a fancy way of saying the same component in like a humidifier, it makes a mist. But the mist that comes out of just the piezo is too big. Like the droplets are too big to get past the skin. They're not moving fast enough. So the second piece of it is we have a pump called a membrane pump inside of the device that sucks in part of the mist and expels it at a high speed. So when it hits your skin, the droplets break up into smaller droplets and they can drive deeper into the skin past the barrier. And that's kind of what you're feeling when you're using the device. So although you don't feel it, that's actually a good thing because it means that the ingredients are actually penetrating into your skin. Wow. It's a bit of a mind. I can't say that word, but I was going to say mind warp, (laughs) mind warp, because (laughs) you you are used to just feeling on your skin, right? Yeah. And in some ways, the technology makes me think about microneedling, like one way to get ingredients to penetrate further into the epidermis, certainly in the spa world, that's a huge procedure that's done a lot. So how do those, how would you compare the two, like compare it to a microneedling? Yeah. In terms of results or benefits or whatnot. Microneedling is a really good technique for creating micro injuries in the skin, right? And then you get that localized inflammatory response and you get more collagen and elastin production. And that's, that's actually really great for a lot of people's skin. But for people who have more melanin, for example, darker skin tones, it can cause scarring. If you have sensitive skin, like there's a lot of people where microneedling is just not a great fit. And I think that's where, where droplet ends up being a lot more inclusive. Mm -hmm. And the second thing, and this was actually described by one of the dermatologists we work with, but basically if you think about microneedling, you get exudate or like fluid kind of coming out. So the pressure gradient is kind of in the wrong direction Mm -hmm. with microneedling. You have things coming out, less stuff going in, you know, so it's, it's not to say you won't get any form of penetration, but, but that's not really where the majority of the benefit from microneedling comes from. Mm -hmm. So we view droplet as super synergistic with it. And we've actually more recently been doing a bunch of studies with, it's not microneedling, but there's a microcoring that's gaining popularity called Alicor. I don't know if you, if you're super familiar with it. So microneedling is like the little needles. Elicor is like they take little parts of skin out. It's a little bit more invasive, obviously, than microneedling. There's a longer, you know, there's a longer recovery time, but mechanistically, it, it's very similar to what it does to you relative to microneedling. And so we've had people who've been using Droplet and specifically like our Growth Factors product with that. Mm-hmm. And they've been seeing some really incredible results. And we've been doing some semi-controlled studies on that as well with users. Mm-hmm. And obviously, anecdotally, we hear a lot about people using you know, especially collagen or tranexamic acid Mm -hmm. with microneedling Mm -hmm. and seeing really beneficial results. So I really view the two technologies as highly synergistic. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Microcoring, everybody. You heard it here. (laughs) (laughs) And obviously you've studied this a lot and this is a big question, but what causes your skin to age and what can we do about it? Do you have all the answers? I wish. (laughs) I wish we did. (laughs) Aging is such an interesting is such an interesting question. And, you know, sort of a little bit of a throwback to like our drug development days as well, because when you're working with heart disease, you know, a lot of it, there's a huge aging sort of paradigm with that as well around accelerated aging of those types of tissues. And you certainly see that in skin. 
I think with skin, you have a lot of common sense advice that we all know, right? Wear sunscreen to protect your skin from UV damage, which can accelerate Mm -hmm. it, stay hydrated, all that type of stuff. But we do have, we are doing some pretty interesting work on some of the proteins that could benefit in terms of slowing down that aging process. And it's still very much an R&D side, but perhaps Rathi, you could talk a little bit about our Growth Factors product. The Growth Factors product is really the one really intended to kind of address how we age at the root. How it works is it basically like as you age, the stem cells in your skin no longer are promote, like they no longer are activated to go in and make new skin cells. So like old cells are kind of slowing off slower. They're not replicating as well. Like it's basically like they're, they're literally aging. And so for our growth factors product, we tried to figure out what's the combination of things in your skin that you're actually losing over time. And can we put it back in your skin so that we can start to like literally anti-age your cells from the inside out. And so what we did was we created this really cool formulation that's made from an ingredient called conditioned media. It comes from taking stem cells from a healthy donor culturing them, and then taking all of the good stuff that those stem cells secrete, and then delivering them back into your skin so that now your skin cells are actually empowered to like recruit stem cells and, you know, and like create younger, younger skin cells, if that makes sense. So basically you see stem cells being dormant Mm -hmm. in your skin, in your body over time. One of the big paradoxes of aging, right? You're like we die of old age while having enough stem cells to theoretically replicate every single organ in our system. And what they lose is basically instructions to turn them on. So as Rathi was saying, we take the exudate from these healthy stem cells. In theory, one applies them back in the body. They serve as this instruction pamphlet for dormant stem cells. And that's really what triggers that, that effect. And this is something that studied extensively in the academic literature. Obviously, these are not claims that that we are making, but this is something that is known about that particular ingredient. And those ingredients like stem cell derived, like uh, conditioned media is basically currently being used in a variety of clinical trials, everything from spinal crush injury to heart mm. disease, to brain injury. It's really incredible. So it's really exciting. I want Haley Bieber's growth factors. Can I request those? <laughs> we actually did hear about a company that's in the process of doing that with, I believe it's K-pop skin donors, right, Rathi? Uh, amazing. That's right. <laughs> tell me, yeah. wait, tell me more. I need to understand this. What is this? It's basically like for people to either like for celebrities to like bank their own stem cells and then to use that to later create skincare products that are wow. tailored based on like these younger cells. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Is there any merit to this idea? This is like cryo freezing your young <laughs> Like the new skin what cells Walt or Disney what? did back in the day, but K-pop stars are taking it to the next level. <laughs> it's hard to say. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Yeah, um, when we were like diving deep into this, like it's something we came across and we we're like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> this is what yeah. people are doing. This is a whole rabbit hole, I bet. Yeah. There's a distinct fragrance or aroma, like almost like roses when you use the device. So tell us about that. And I think there probably are some inquiring minds that want to know if that's like safe to inhale because the vapor or the mist will probably, you'll inhale a bit of it, right? 
Yeah, the ingredient is is rose oil okay. and it's actually in there because it's anti-inflammatory, it's soothing, it's like part of the formulation. So it's not in there for the scent, it's in there for the functionality. Okay. Bobby, do you want to talk about the studies we've done on inhalation? <laughs> Back actually in 2019, or sorry, in early 2020 during COVID, we actually did a little bit of work on whether our technology could be applied for pulmonary delivery. Mm-hmm. Because if you think about it, we're creating like we're creating an aerosol, could we theoretically use this as an alternative to nebulizers or inhalers for people with COVID? And this was actually a project we did with NIH with NIH sponsorship. And it turns out that the answer is with our technology as it exists today is, is a definite no. Okay. And that's because the droplets that we generate are too small with our existing piezoelectric transducer to allow for actual inhalation into lungs. It's just not getting there. And we tested this using machinery and a set of studies called cascade impaction. It's kind of the gold standard to look for lower airway or even upper airway deposition of small molecules. And because the droplets we generate are so small and they're moving so quickly, they evaporate really, really fast. So there's they're not able to actually get into your lungs. So there's no risk of inhalation. Okay. You might get a little bit in like just sort of the outer, like if you have your mouth open, it's going to get into your mucosa, just like, you know, within your mouth or if you like sniff it, you'll get a little bit just in the outer part of your sinuses. So we tell people not to do that, but mm-hmm. it's, it's not able to get into the lungs, but yeah, to, to wrap these original point, like the rose oil is in our collagen and our retinol products. And then we don't have it actually in any of the other formulations since then it was really unique to those two. And it's because of the anti-inflammatory effects. Yeah. I'm honestly so curious about the 17 volt lip plumper set. <laughs> I have it. I haven't tried it yet. But I just need to understand, like, what results can you realistically expect to see? You know, have you done clinicals on this? How long does it last? The results? And is it in any way comparable to injectable lip filler? Like, just tell us everything. So the 17-volt lip product contains collagen and hyaluronic acid. And those are really the same things that you would normally inject into your lips in a dermatology setting. And it's compatible with a particular setting on the app. So the droplet app is a little bit like a remote control for your device. You can put it into different treatment modes and there's a 17 volt lip mode and it's called 17 volts because it actually pumps up the voltage, pun not intended, mm-hmm. on our pump system. So to 17 volts, so it's a much stronger and more efficacious delivery into that tissue. And Rathi, do you want to talk through the results? So we've done extensive like consumer testing with the product. So on average, people see 40 to 50% increase immediately, like within 30 seconds of using the product in their lips. And we kind of have looked at this by looking at the lips straight on from the side. And then those results last like basically all day. It's like up to six hours. And the results are very comparable to what you'd get from an injectable filler, except that you kind of are in more control of it because you can use it on days you want to. The other really interesting thing about it is that it helps your lips over time. So we did this one really interesting clinical where we had the person use the lip plumper every single day for 14 days. And then on day 14, before they used droplet, they took a picture and sent it to us. We were able to measure that their lips had actually gained volume and fullness. And it wasn't just because of the instant efficacy, like there's the instant efficacy, but also over time, the ingredients Malvi was talking about, the collagen and the hyaluronic acid are actually building up and making a difference. And all of the stuff that like we're talking about, like these studies with hydration, they're done with like an instrument called a corneometer, all of the like lip 
like measurements we've done, we actually invested in a really clinical-based camera system so we could take pictures that are exactly the same. And we're not getting confused by things like lighting or by angle. Like mm-hmm. every single time we get a picture of one of our subjects, like, you know, it's the same, same pose. Yeah. I've seen those okay. before and afters on your site. They're really cool <laughs> to look at. It's my like favorite pastime <laughs> is looking at before and after pictures, I swear. <laughs> So we've talked a lot about the device itself. Let's talk about the formulas that are in the capsules. I know they're proprietary. So in other words, people can't use, you know, a different brand with the device. So tell us about, you know, how these formulas were developed. Are they made somewhere where they do make other big brands of skincare? Or I know you work with derms, like what kind of insider secrets can you reveal? I mean, the, the sort of dirty little secret in beauty, though, is that the vast majority of formulations come from a few formulators, mm-hmm. and it's often the same ingredients that are being used, whether your product is a $3 product or a you know $100 product at the end of the day. Usually the distinction or the thing that, in, in our opinion at least, justifies the higher price point is the amount of active ingredient in the formula. So the difference between 0.001% versus 5 or 10% of an active ingredient. And to that end, we've gone out of our, our way to really use both functional ingredients as well as ingredients in the right concentration, as Rathi was saying, both from talking to dermatologists, but then also scouring like the peer-reviewed clinical studies out there. So for example, we use Arbutin in a couple formulations. There's a lot of talk about what's the minimum percentage of Arbutin in order to achieve efficacy. So if you see a trial where people, you know, this was, that was done by a third party where they showed Arbutin at this concentration can reduce dark marks by X percent, we make sure that we match that concentration in our formulations. Okay. Yeah. And the other like yeah. fun part of the formulation development was that we actually like went to a few conferences and talked to like doctors, other prominent people in the field to really understand like what are the top five ingredients that make a difference in the skin. So all of our capsules kind of hone on ingredients that are tried and true and known to work if they're delivered properly. So real quick, what are those five ingredients that they told you you need uh-huh. to hone in on? I know it's retinol, vitamin C, vitamin, the vitamin C. C, and glycolic the acid, glycolic acid, collagen, Yep. And Arbutin. Interesting. You definitely hear less about those last two. I mean, collagen, yes. Okay. Arbutin. Why is that considered one of the big five? Because I have not heard that. Arbutin is an ingredient that fades hyperpigmentation. Mm -hmm. So mechanistically, it's derived from, I think, the bearberry tree or it's bearberry extract. And its function is really around inhibiting or preventing the formation of melanin. And that's Mm -hmm. what you see in hyperpigmented spots. So it's quite effective in evening out skin tone. It's one of the few ingredients for that space. I mean, melasma and dark spots are are notoriously difficult to treat. And it's one of the Mm -hmm. few ingredients that's been really clinically validated over a wide variety of studies and shown to be beneficial there. And tranexamic acid is obviously a secondary ingredient and we consider it kind of a superstar ingredient, but those two pair very well synergistically because they tackle hyperpigmentation from two different molecular angles. Okay. Interesting. As you mentioned, droplet formulas, they're great for active ingredients. So they're more replacing like a toner or a serum 
So what do you use to round out your routine at home? Like personally, I'm curious, what what do our STEM ladies in the house rely on for cleanser and moisturizer that you use at home? I think we're going to say similar things, right? Yeah. Which is pretty, I use like Cetaphil cleanser. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I think you use Cerave, right, Rathi? I use, yes, Cerave moisturizer for AM and PM. And then I sometimes, you mostly use like a Cetaphil cleanser, but once in a while I use a Neutrogena cleanser that has a little bit of peppermint in it because I like the way that it feels on my skin. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then I, and then it's similar for me. I use a Cetaphil cleanser and just a really basic sunscreen. I have darker skin, so it's been a little bit of a challenge to find one that doesn't leave mm-hmm. a gray cast, mm-hmm. but I've I'm currently using Aveeno, so nothing, nothing too, too out there. <laughs> and then on the droplet side, I vary the formulations I use based on seasonality and whatever my skin is doing at a given moment. I'm unfortunately one of those people who still gets breakouts occasionally in my thirties. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I found the glycolic acid to be an incredible spot treatment for that. Mm-hmm. I use tranexamic acid after that as a way of like helping soothe it and I'm prone to hyperpigmentation. So to help ameliorate that. And then I think just collagen is a fantastic product before you kind of go out at night because it gives you kind of a dewy glow. It's, you know, you get sort of that instant plumpness and it's got vitamin C. So, so I'd say that's probably if my skin is behaving, that's probably my favorite (laughs) at a given moment. Yeah. Oh, my favorite droplet capsule slash I'd say like mode combination of the app is actually under eye because I do have dark circles under my eyes and it helps tremendously. And it's like, when I roll out of bed and I'm running late, I'm like, put it on under eye mode and use droplet under my eyes and I can like get out the door and feel like, like feel a lot better about myself. Okay. So Which I think one? That, that's Which... like my favorite. I use yeah. the collagen capsule. Like we recommend collagen, either collagen or tranexamic acid, depending on what you're trying to accomplish. But I find that collagen under the eyes in the morning is like a great addition to my routine super quick. And I don't actually bother putting concealer under my eyes anymore when I do that. Amazing. Okay. Wow. And I I think my droplet founder hack is I use collagen in lip, in the lip mode. You actually, you can use theoretically any capsule in any mode. We don't lock it. And we tell you not Mm -hmm. to like, don't use glycolic in lip mode. You'll, you'll, it's not right. good at all. You'll hurt yourself. But I use collagen in, in that one. And I do think it gives a deeper and more potent delivery. And I'm curious, though, just because you mentioned mostly in your routine, it's drugstore products, which I totally get. There's so many efficacious products. But did you try like, did you go out there and try the $500 moisturizer like in your research or? We have so many of those in our office. Like we often try them just to get an idea of like how they feel, yes. how they smell, And then we've even done some like head to head comparisons, Uh especially on our lip product. We actually had people use competing like lip plumper or people that claim to be able to plump lips to get their take on it. And I think that was, that's like all, I mean, people in general, topical like lip plumper products you can buy off the shelf. They typically like work by irritating your lips. And I think people felt like they burned. They didn't necessarily get like the same amount of fullness in their, in their lips and all in like, when we asked them how they felt like people really loved the droplet product a lot more because it really works from the inside out. And it's not trying to artificially like increase the the size of your lips. I think there are some, I think there are some very cool companies, a lot of newer techie startups that have ingredients that, that seem super exciting that down the line, we'd love to make a droplet compatible version of. But one thing we've seen is a lot of skincare actives are not super stable. So 
sometimes when you're paying a premium on a moisturizer, you're paying for a specific ingredient that they might have. And it might not be shelf stable for six months or two years. And we've done some testing where we've gotten, you know, certain types of ingredients in, in expensive moisturizers. And then we've done the test to see if the ingredient is actually there. It's called an ELISA. It stands for an enzyme-linked immunosorbent assay. And there's barely trace amounts in there. And I think that's wow. a little bit of what's what's driven our personal like proclivity to using really just, you know, CVS or, or Walgreens yeah. products. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. Fair. I think that says a lot. You know, this has been such a journey for both of you, I'm sure. And launching this incredible technology, what's the wildest thing that's happened so far? And, you know, what's your biggest aspiration sort of looking forward? Like some of the like funny things that happen are really things on our engineering team and the kinds of products that we kind of like often buy to, to like understand like how to waterproof the device, for example. So like one of Malavi's favorite is that once like our team bought a bunch of light up rubber ducks because water doesn't get inside of them, right? And we had to explain to like our accounting department why we were buying toys off of Amazon <laughs> as our art, part of our R&D process. That was like a really funny thing I remember <laughs> happening. Yeah. If you go down to the, to our lab, there's a lot of teardowns of toys. It's a little, it can look a little bleak sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. I think, I think it's been a really exciting journey. We've met so many other companies building incredible things. And I think one of the more surprising things is you often think of companies in the space being quite competitive and that's not quite true. There's actually a huge amount of collaboration within the beauty industry and the hardware industry as well. So when we were dealing with supply chain issues, as everyone was during COVID, for example, we actually got a lot of help from just random other startup tech founders. So I think what's been really cool is the ability to find this community of people who enjoy building things and tinkering and are super passionate, whether it's about the hardware, the software, or the chemistry behind it. So that's been really exciting. Mm -hmm. And I think ultimately where we hope to go as a company is we want Droplet to become the default way in which people deliver things into your skin. Rathi uses this analogy sometimes. I'm going to steal it for a second, which is we want it to be like the electric toothbrush, where obviously before everyone used manual toothbrushes and now almost everyone, you know, myself included, has an electric one. It's just become the new default. Mm -hmm. And that's where we hope Droplet will go. And that's obviously true for beauty, but it's other verticals as well, like delivery into the scalp for hair treatments whole body Mm -hmm. care, you know, and then, right. And then medical stuff too, whether it's OTC drugs, like hydrocortisone for your bug bites, or even Mm -hmm. some of the real deep tech around treating deadly diseases like epidermal lysis bullosa, or really other just difficult and painful ones around the skin. I love all of the science, but my personal request is I would like to be able to customize my Pantone when I order my droplet device <laughs> for my bathroom for it, we are living in an Instagram world and, or I could see, like, I was thinking the other day, I was like, what if this was like droplet and like Liberty London? Like this would look so cool. I think there's a lot of collaborations y'all could do that way too. Oh, absolutely. Oh. Yeah. That's where my mind goes when I'm using it. And we need to ask you as our final question, we've learned so much we understand that there might be something new coming from Droplet and and that's just around the corner. So what scoop can you share with us? Well, we'll be launching our Gen 2 device Ooh. in the fairly near future. Okay. We are super excited about it. It's got some 
pretty exciting updates. I think the biggest one, probably the most meaningful one, is that it actually has even stronger delivery relative to our Gen 1. And there's quite a few other features around that and the connectedness. Very cool. And when can we expect that? We're expecting to launch that at the beginning of the summer. Okay. 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 We will we will stay tuned. So thank you so much for joining us on Breaking Beauty. And we look forward to test driving our droplet with even more newness and formulas. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for having us. If you're ever in Boston, please, please let us know. We'd love to host you at our office and show you our robots and all that. Oh, robots. (laughs) I'm booking my flight tomorrow. What? (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much. Have a great day. Thanks for listening. You can find details on every product mentioned in today's episode, along with our exclusive promo codes on our blog at breakingbeautypodcast.com. While you're there, be sure to sign up for our newsletter. Every episode will be delivered directly to your inbox so you won't miss a single thing. And get social with us. Let us know what you think of the episode. You can follow us on Instagram at breakingbeautypodcast. And did you know we also have a private Facebook group? Just search Breaking Beauty Podcast chat room. You can even leave us a voicemail at any time with questions or feedback at 1-844-227-0302. And don't forget to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast fix. Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts, where you can show us some love by writing a review. See you next Wednesday. note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.